Your insurance needs are as unique as the work you do and the industry you're in. Having the right protection in place is just the start. There's so much you can do to mitigate risks to your business for today and as you grow. At Sovereign Insurance, we're here to help with valuable information, insights, tips, and tools to help you protect your operations. Visit SovereignInsurance.ca to learn more. The more you ship, the more you save. With Canada Post Solutions for Small Business, we'll reward your repeat business with automatic savings. Visit CanadaPost.ca forward slash small business to see how you can start saving up to 34% on shipping in Canada. Welcome to the Startup Canada podcast, a show serving Canada's entrepreneurship community. On this show, we connect you with the most innovative and entrepreneurial movers, shakers, and changemakers across Canada. With day-in-the-life stories and in-their-shoes experiences, we dive into the true grit of running startup and scale-up companies and the lives of those driving the entrepreneurial movement in Canada. The Startup Canada podcast is a production of Startup Canada, the national rallying community for Canada's 3.5 million entrepreneurs. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. I'm your host, Matt Curtis, and welcome to the show. Ladies and gentlemen, entrepreneurs from coast to coast to coast, welcome to the Startup Canada podcast. We're thrilled to have Wayne Miranda, Social Finance Investment Readiness Lead at the McConnell Foundation, on the show today. Wayne's passion is to grow ventures that generate a social and environmental impact. Presently, he's leading the social finance investment readiness work at McConnell Foundation. This is a new program launched to help nonprofits, charities, cooperatives, and social enterprise for-profits access social finance to enhance their impact. Prior to joining McConnell Foundation, he was a director of growth at the Center for Social Innovation, managing director of TechSoup Canada, and founder and CEO of Growth Mosaic in Ghana. Wayne has helped put to work over $21 million U.S. to build hundreds of social ventures. And when he's not helping changemakers, he's paddling and hiking in Canada's beautiful outdoors or playing ultimate. On today's show, we'll be talking with Wayne about the rise of social entrepreneurship in Canada and upcoming financing opportunities for social entrepreneurs. Welcome to the show, Wayne. Glad to be here. And we're glad to have you. So first things first, what do you want entrepreneurs to take away from our conversation today? Yeah, I'd say two things. Um, one, it's a recognition that business as usual is just not good enough anymore. So, you know, in the last century, we've really demonstrated this ability to translate science, culture into profit. But we've really ended up with environmental degradation, social and economic inequality, health ailments on both ends of that equality. Um, and so this next century doesn't need to you know, throw the baby out with the bathwater, so to speak. Um, but it does need to recognize that profit is just not the end. It's merely a signal that you're onto something. And business is just a tool, so one of many tools, to achieve what really matters, which is solving some of the most intractable problems of our time. So that's the first thing. And, and two, that this is going to be getting a lot more attention. Social ventures will merit and get more attention. And there are some significant opportunities coming down the line including $2 billion of investment over the next decade. Wow. And also millions of dollars in programming to help social ventures really have more impact and create more change. I, I really liked what you said in that in that first point there with um, de 
the emphasis on problem solving, because at its core, that really is what entrepreneurship is, isn't it? It's recognizing a problem that exists and creating and developing a solution that's oriented towards fixing it. And, and now, as you mentioned with, um, as you said, you know, business as usual just isn't enough anymore. And it's, it's really taking it one step further and examining the way we do business and coming up with solutions to address that problem. Agreed. Yeah. And entrepreneurship is such a great tool. I mean, we've demonstrated what it can achieve to, to both create new problems and solve them. And, and then we've got some big societal problems that need solving as well. And so let's direct some of that entrepreneurial energy and and talent to those problems. Mm. And to start with, well, basically at the start, uh, let's go over what a social enterprise is and what exactly is meant by social finance. Yeah. Okay, great. So I'm going to shy away from offering, you know, sort of an academic definition because I'm not an academic by any means. Um, and social enterprise can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. But um, to kind of offer a social enterprise 101, I think it's about using business principles to achieve a positive social, environmental, or, or cultural impact. So I'll just offer some three examples. Um, Common Good in Calgary, Alberta is a employment-based social enterprise. They started quite humbly in the basement of a local homeless shelter and uh, used their washing machine to sort of provide services in the community and create employment for people facing multiple barriers. In this case, it was homelessness and poverty. And um, they used social finance to expand. They purchased a commercial sustainable laundry mat. Um, They inherited a new client list and have since grown by 150% the employment hours they're offering their staff. So, you know, great example out in Calgary. Um, Anamiki is a digital services agency in BC and they're using social finance to grow their team as well as develop new products that are meeting the needs of indigenous organizations. Uh, Old East Village Grocer out in London, Ontario is a, is a social enterprise, which is a commercial um, community grocer. And so they offer local affordable food in an underserved neighborhood and they employ people facing disabilities uh, to actually operate that grocer. Wow. Those are, really concrete, really great examples. And it's, it really is, um, it's, it's amazing to see what you can do with, with the pieces that you have lying around you and and how you can set them up in such a way to address really so much more than your bottom line. Right. Yes. Can we, can we get uh, a, a little bit more into what exactly is meant by social finance? Sure. Yeah. So again, you know, I'll shy away from an academic, academic definition, but social finance is referring to repayable investment that seeks a positive social, environmental, or cultural impact. So repayable investment looks like loans, it looks like lines of credit or mortgages, revenue share agreements, common or preferred shareholding, um, something called a community bond, which allows regular you know, individuals, community members to provide mini loans in aggregate to a bigger aim. There's something called a social impact bond, which is a bit of a tripartite agreement, bringing together a services agency, initial investors, as well as an outcomes buyer that cares about that positive change at the end of the day, um, but wasn't in a position to finance the upfront programming or intervention. Mm. Um, and I know some of that sounds quite, you know, like traditional finance, you're talking about loans and equity and so so forth. And so there's a good question, you know, what's the difference? And I think that difference is really in the what, how, and why. So social finance is really targeting social purpose organizations. It's offering typically more flexible terms, possibly lower cost of capital, 
And really the why is invest to achieve a positive social, environmental and cultural impact at the end of the day. Mm. And I think what's interesting, just uh, again, for myself, uh, hearing really for the first time that these are uh, these are some of the options that are available. Um, what stands out to me is that there's still these traditional types of investment uh, that are available for social finance. And, and to me, my initial thought with that would be, well, if you're able to structure support for social enterprises the same way that you would structure support uh, with a few you know, tweaks here and there, of course, uh, given the different business models. But if you're able to still offer a support that's in the same mold as traditional business, to me, that sounds like it's uh, it's backed by historic methods of how people do business. So it, it really, to me, lends some credibility for the, the model for social finance. For sure. Yeah. And a lot of social finance has been applied to social purpose real estate. So affordable housing, community hubs, co-working spaces, and and mortgages are very well understood. Real estate in Canada is very well established. It has a long track, you know, record of of being successful, and and so yeah, we can expect to see a lot of that going forward as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, to broaden the scope, uh, would you be able to explain how the United Nations uh, Sustainable Development Goals play into social enterprises? Yeah, I'm going to stand on the shoulders of some giants here who put it to me as thus: it's the world's to-do list. Um, It is a set of 17 uh, UN agreed upon goals for the world to achieve by 2030. Looks like things like eradicating extreme poverty, reducing maternal mortality, ending AIDS, TB, malaria, um, ensuring all girls and boys complete free quality primary and secondary education, um, universal access to affordable, clean energy, and, and the list goes on. Um, and social enterprises will increasingly need to demonstrate how they are contributing to the sustainable development goals or the SDGs. So building on that then, and then kind of linking that back, uh, not to your role specifically, but to the organization that you're working for currently, how do those fit in with the McConnell Foundation's role in the social enterprise landscape? And how does the McConnell Foundation fit in overall? McConnell Foundation is going to play multiple roles in this landscape and in both social enterprise and social finance. Um, So being a foundation, we'll continue to um, direct our investments and our granting towards this space. Uh, So, you know, historically, we've invested in intermediaries of of social finance. So, for instance, Investico, Renewal, uh, Raven Indigenous Capital have all been invested in through our endowment investments. And then, you know, our endowment investments generate returns that we can then provide through granting. And so our grants will also be provided to social enterprises or um, support providers of social enterprise. Uh, A second role that McConnell Foundation will play is really sort of leading the way, I think, in social R&D, so social research and development. So in the private sector, basic research R&D is very well understood. You know, industry typically maybe puts 1% to 2% of revenues towards research and development, as an, in aggregate, of course. Um, social R&D in the, in the social, environmental, cultural sector, virtually non-existent. And so we've put um, millions of dollars into spurring new demonstration projects into what social R&D can do. So looking at the role of ethnography, looking at the role of um, really researching the problem and and then coming up with solutions thereafter. So things like human-centered design and so forth. 
Um, another role that McConnell Foundation will be playing is in the capital supply market. So working with social finance intermediaries to support their innovation and their journeys. And then more to specifically my role, um, I'll be working on the demand side of this equation. So strengthening social purpose organizations, so nonprofits, charities, social enterprise, for-profits, cooperatives, and so forth. Um, strengthening them to really participate in social finance so that they can grow and scale their impact. Mm-hmm. So to, to summarize for my own understanding and for our listeners as well, um, it seems that the McConnell Plan, uh, Foundation kind of plays a role as, as acting as a hub on, uh, on two fronts for social enterprise. Uh, the first one being kind of collecting and distributing um, methods for financial support and the other being leading research and development towards uh, shifting and molding, not necessarily the definition of social enterprise, but shifting and molding and figuring out what works and what doesn't for creating more effective uh, social enterprises that can be applied in uh, in many different business environments. Yeah, you know, I think I think that's a good summary, and and maybe even in a in a single sentence, I might say we're really trying to be a catalytic force to to create systemic change. And so all of these social enterprises are operating in a system and, you know, what's our role to kind of make that or enable that system to operate better. Mm, So speeding the adoption of uh, of this kind of business model in as many different places as you can. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Very cool. Okay. Uh, So building on that then, and really speeding this process, uh, this is what I imagine would be one of the, uh, one of the key components of doing that. Can you tell us about the investment readiness program and the social finance fund for social entrepreneurs? Yes. Okay. So these are two new initiatives from the federal government. Uh, The social finance fund is $755 million committed by employment and social development, Canada, the federal government. And it's, aim is to invest into social finance intermediaries and expand access and affordability of social finance for the underlying organizations, the charities, the nonprofits, the social enterprise for-profits, cooperatives, and so forth. Um, And the $755 million comes with an expectation that those social finance intermediaries, the investors, are going to leverage that two to one. So for every $1 of public investment, they are going to need to match that with $2 of private investment. So now you can sort of do the math, and this comes out to about $2 billion of new money that will be available to social purpose organizations over the next 10 years. This money is going to sort of gradually increase as it gets out into the marketplace. Um, And the way in which organizations, so, you know, for listeners who happen to have a, a social venture the way in which you would access the money is through those intermediaries. So Investico, Renewal, Real Ventures, New Market Funds, um, Rise of Capital out in BC or Verge Capital out in Ontario or Fondation in Quebec, Chantier in Quebec and so forth. There's lots of social finance intermediaries and, and I've just named a couple for illustrative purposes and those would likely be some of the intermediaries that you can imagine managing the social finance fund. And generally, uh, just just to simplify again, what do these funds mean for social entrepreneurs? So like what, what like, basically, what is the, uh, what's what's kind of the government's thesis behind doing that? What's the key message that they're trying to show by uh, creating these funds for social entrepreneurs? Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's really trying to bolster and create an attractive marketplace, that this is a viable social finance ecosystem, 
um, and that infusing more capital into that system will allow more investments to happen because there are existing social finance intermediaries. I've mentioned a, a few examples previously. Um, and you know, with more capital and more affordable capital, they can make more investments, they can achieve more impact together. And now everyone recognizes that lots of social entrepreneurs might be coming at this for the first time or, or might be um, you know, still needing to develop their investment case or, or maybe they're ready to access capital but need some capital advisory support or legal support to kind of negotiate terms or close that deal. Um, and so sitting alongside the Social Finance Fund is another federal government initiative also through Employment and Social Development Canada called the Investment Readiness Program. And so the Investment Readiness Program is non-repayable capital. So this is $50 million of non-repayable capital to strengthen organizations to really participate in this new social finance marketplace, or not new, but emergent and growing. Um, and so short, short, sort of short words are, you know, think grants to pay for expert services. Mm. The objective is to really strengthen organizations to participate in this marketplace and, and strengthen your own internal capacity to access and manage capital. It will be distributed through various different partners across Canada. Uh, and so some of those partners include the Community Foundations of Canada. They will be distributing or administering the Investment Readiness Program regionally. Um, and so there will be regional clusters or regional partnerships or consortia which will likely include at least one local community foundation. Um, and they will be offering loans, or sorry, not loans, grants of between ten dollars and $100,000 um, towards services like business planning, feasibility studies, market studies, legal advice, uh, improving your own internal accounting systems, for instance, um, or sort of providing product or service improvements that would meet compliance or or get you permits or certification that would more be attractive to to investors. Can you tell us about the investment readiness program and the social finance fund for social entrepreneurs? So the social finance fund is a new initiative by the federal government, Employment and Social Development Canada, and its aim is to invest into social finance intermediaries and expand access and affordability of social finance for social entrepreneurs. And now social entrepreneurs can access this through those intermediaries, and some of whom might not be ready yet to really close that deal for one reason or another. And so sitting alongside the Social Finance Fund is the Investment Readiness Program. So whereas the Social Finance Fund is repayable social finance investing, the Investment Readiness Program is a $50 million non-repayable capital program to really strengthen social entrepreneurs to participate in the social finance marketplace. So the short answer is kind of the investment readiness program, kind of think non-repayable grant to pay for expert services to get you ready to sort of use social finance in your organization. Mm -hmm. That's fantastic. And what does this initiative mean for social entrepreneurs? Yeah, I mean, I think it's an opportunity for you to get into this marketplace and sort of access investment that will scale your your entrepreneurship venture or your, your business that would have a greater impact. Hmm. And I, I think my question building off of this next would be given the amount of support that we're seeing for, uh, social entrepreneurs and social enterprises, would you say that there's a, a shifting consciousness, um, not only among entrepreneurs themselves, but among larger industry and, uh, really the, the large structures that might be, 
do you think there's a shifting consciousness towards saying that this is the proper way to do business, that this is the right way to do business with a, with a social impact mindset up front? Sure. And I don't know if it's up front, but I do, I do agree. I think that transition is happening. So, you know, we can point to the Unilevers of the world where they are really trying to integrate circular economy concepts into their supply chain uh, to generate zero waste and, and sort of lower the uh, clean water usage in their, in their supply chain. Um, I can even point to large corporates in, um, in the oil and gas sector. So for instance, Shell has uh, Shell New Energies, which is trying to invest $2 billion a year into clean energy projects and technologies. Um, they actually just made a bit of a blockbuster investment into a venture called D-Light, which offers clean energy little retail level panels to, to light even quite humble you know, sub-Saharan African villages uh, to allow children that would, you know, otherwise not have light to study at night. Mm. I, I think actually I had a, I might've had a friend, uh, who actually worked a little bit with D light, uh, myself okay. as well. That's, yeah. that's actually pretty interesting. Um, so moving from there, uh, when can entrepreneurs expect to see, uh, these programs? So these programs being the investment readiness program and the social finance fund up and running, and can they expect more support uh, in the same vein as these projects upcoming in the future? Yeah, so the investment readiness program is up and running. Um, some of the investment readiness program partners have already opened their first call for proposals and since closed their first call, they will likely start flowing that money even as early as January or February 2020. Um, and some are due to open their first call any week now, so you can monitor uh, Community Foundations of Canada, for instance, for when that first call is going to open. And the Social Finance Fund is presently still in legal design, and so there are going to be some agreements to be signed with all the different um, investors along that sort of a, a finance chain, if you will. Um, so we expect that to start flowing to social entrepreneurs, say, by mid-2020, late-2020, or latest early 2021. But there's lots of work to be done in between now and then for those social entrepreneurs to really leverage the investment readiness program to be the most attractive they can be for that investment. And building on that, what would your advice be for social entrepreneurs to be the most attractive that they can be for uh, their their qualifications? How, how would you best advise social entrepreneurs to ready themselves and ready their businesses to say like, hey, we are ready for this and we need this now? Yeah, great question. And, um, you know, there are lots of supports available. So the investment readiness program is one, and it's going to be a big one, making a, a larger splash. Um, and, you know, there is no hard and fast rule, or there's no magic bullet or recipe to define what investment readiness is. Um, but you can point to some ingredients. And so some of those ingredients are the team, um, having a strong team, having an engaged board, uh, it's having a clear strategy and plan with contingencies in place should risks come come to bear. Um, it's having an impact model that's clearly articulated and and justifiable as to as to how you're going to achieve that impact. Um, it's having a good and healthy financial model in place that's that's realistic and that's viable. Um, and it's also having a 
complete due diligence package and and enabling investors to kind of understand your operation and understand your track record to, you know, get comfortable with your future. So Startup Canada will actually be touring across the country this year to our communities and running social enterprise meetups across Canada. To our listeners, if you're interested in funding opportunities and support for your community, drop us an email at hello at startupcan.ca. So Wayne, on the note of us implementing these kinds of initiatives and us trying to drive some more traffic and more awareness around social enterprise, how would you see the McConnell Foundation working with an organization like Startup Canada to build the bedrock for social enterprise nationwide? Yeah, I think social ventures and social enterprises, social entrepreneurs have a huge role to play and contribute to the positive change that we need to see. Um, I might be biased, but Startup Canada's team is fantastic, so I'm personally happy to collaborate together. Uh, let's engage social ventures in the network that you've built over, or you know, across Canada in these two federal government programs, which are the immediate opportunities. Um, happy to help clarify maybe the earlier stage ventures so that they can better position to access the programs. And I'm also happy to be a wayfinder, just help make connections between the social ventures, other service providers that have particular specialties or expertise, or investors that might be appropriate mm. for them. And I, I think that's a really important thing to touch on as well is uh, is really understanding how the ecosystem can kind of adopt this uh, this mode and method of thinking in in order to fit it into the current model that exists. And I think that's something that you can extrapolate uh, beyond that fact as well because um, you can make the argument that there is a not so much of a culture in Canada as there is in the United States of um, industry adopting the innovation that comes out of entrepreneurship, that comes out of startups and implementing it in current business practices. And I would imagine that it's even less so with social entrepreneurship and uh, having that kind of adoption on a, on a grand scale within the structures um, and methods of doing business that currently exist. So what do you think, uh, the powers that be in Canada when it comes to, you know, the, the giants of industry, what do you think they're doing well to adopt social enterprise? And what do you think are the gaps that still need to be addressed with, uh, with making those transitions to a, uh, to a more forward model of, uh, to a more forward thinking model of, of, uh, carrying out business? Yeah. So I think in the question of what we're doing well, um, maybe two things I do increasingly see, people paying attention at industry level to the sustainable development goals. Um, and the second thing is this sort of mentality, you know, maybe taking from startups as well, not just social enterprise, is the fail fast mentality. So experiment, figure out what works, uh, and then scale up what works and and sort of fail fast. And, and this takes the form of things like failure reports or incubators, accelerator programs that even corporates are spinning off into their into their operations. Um, so that's one thing I think is I'm seeing doing that we're doing well. In terms of maybe what we're not doing well or or risk I think that I see is this concept of greenwashing or impact washing, where there really isn't a significant or meaningful change being made. Um, but you're trying to paint the picture as if it is and it's sort of a public relations stunt as opposed to a real transformative impact on how you do business or how you go about your operation. Mm. Mm. And what do you think, uh, what, what, what do you think the, the methodology or, or what do you think the, the correct course of action is to, to find like a healthy medium between those two? 
what do you think needs to be done both from an industry level and from the uh, from the startup level? How do how do we get everyone kind of meeting at the table and going, okay, these are uh, this is how we move forward? Yeah, I mean, I think one tangible thing that I have seen is uh, participating in in labs together. So labs bringing together multiple stakeholders to the table and and really trying to understand at a deep level what the problem is and what each stakeholder's role is in the solution. And they would be able to achieve um, through partnership more change together than any one individual partner alone. Um, So that's one tangible mechanism or or thing that can be done. Mm, that's great, and that's a that's a fantastic key learning to share. So, Wayne, as we're wrapping up our conversation um, and looking back at everything that we have just talked about, what do you think uh, on the note of tangible takeaways? Again, what do you think the most tangible takeaway from our conversation is that entrepreneurs could use and implement in their business today? Yeah, so social entrepreneurs should definitely have the investment readiness program on your radar screen. Um, it is available to you to strengthen your organization to really grow your impact and, and access investment to do that. Um, so that's what I will say. Mm, that's fantastic. Wayne, if people want to get in touch with you, if they want to know more about social enterprise, social entrepreneurship, uh, the funds available, the support available for that, how would they go about doing that? Yeah, the most memorable way would be email me at socialfinance at innoweave.ca that's i-n-n-o-w-e-a-v-e.ca and that actually comes directly to me my email is also listed on the mcconnell foundation website in the team section wayne thank you so much for coming to the show today you're sharing your experience your thoughts your wisdom um it was a fantastic conversation to learn about uh really just the the shift in consciousness and shift in uh shift in appraisal of, of how we do business and why and not only how we do business but why we do business and what the end result of all that is and again can't thank you enough for your time today thank you for having me it's a pleasure not a problem Wayne. take care all the best bye-bye Thank you for joining us this week on the Startup Canada podcast, a show dedicated to unlocking the potential of every entrepreneur with access to inspiring stories and tangible lessons to help you run your business. Until next week, I'm your host, Matt Curtis. Go check out the latest startup community news and upcoming events like our popular hashtag startup chats on Twitter every Wednesday and Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern. 